Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DOUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Happy Friday to you. Excited to be here. We've got Grand Slam tennis action going on during the show. You heard Brian Fenley. He'll give you the updates throughout so you won't miss anything from Djokovic Nadal. And you're not going to miss anything that happened last night in the NBA playoffs because Ryan Hollins and I have got you covered here on Fox Sports Radio. Today's show is brought to you by Discover. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover's accepted 
accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. And Ryan Hollins, a win is a win is a win is a win. And the Milwaukee Bucks got back into their series with the Brooklyn Nets. It may not have been pretty. And everyone wants to look at the negative side of things for the Milwaukee Bucks. But they are back in the series winning 86 to 83 last night in the Bruce City. Yeah, they are, but uh, all wins aren't created equal. But we spoke about this yesterday, right? The toughest thing to do is to beat a team in an elimination game. You're going to get their A++ effort. Uh, I I thought that Bud, we spoke about it yesterday, just getting Giannis in situations where he can be effective, rolling to the rim, getting downhill, not just putting the basketball in his hands. I think you're setting him up for failure. Obviously, you saw Giannis' struggles on the free throw line. uh, And the fact that the Bucs only won by three points in a game where they played their best of their best, I'm extremely concerned. I, 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 I was more impressed with Brooklyn yesterday. And I thought, honestly, there was a very friendly whistle uh, f- for the Bucks, even though we know that later in the playoffs, you know, the physicality amps up. <laughs> okay. Are you saying, are you saying that the NBA said, this is one of our top two series going on right now, we need to continue this one a little bit longer? Is that is that what you are saying, Ryan Hollins, from what happened in last night's game three between Brooklyn and Milwaukee? No, that, that's not what I'm saying. But when you are the aggressor, P.J. Tucker, who had to start, and you get physical, you know, I thought the referees let him play. And, and it, it ended up favoring Milwaukee on, and on that last possession where Bruce Brown shoots a left-hand floater. You know, I, I could have called, you know, five or six fouls in that <laughs> possession alone, man. But ultimately, you know, one thing we'd always say in the locker room, we're going into big games – you know the referees favor the the a team that's the aggressor, and uh and I thought that Milwaukee was that they gave themselves a puncher's chance to win the game because they're not they're not more skilled they don't shoot the ball better they don't execute better the, the ball better than the Nets I mean heck you know the the crazy part right am I wrong to say they don't defend better. Or is it just that you're trying to defend yeah. Kevin Durant? That's a different type of defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dur- Durant. That's I I felt all along in this series, and even in their regular season matchups, that Durant is going to score. Durant is going to be the guy that there's nothing you can do about his 35 that he puts up, or last night the 30 that that he put up on just 11 of 28 shooting. I do think some of that P.J. Tucker stuff, got to Durant. You even see them go head-to-head, and yeah, Durant likes that, and it's great that Durant's bodyguard can be on the sidelines and end up interfering in a melee and be termed as, and I'm using air quotes, NBA security, which is a whole other matter. By the the way, have have bodyguards always been on sidelines of NBA games? Is this something new, or is this... Always. Okay, always. Always. Now, now, if a player like Shaq or someone like that that has – or Chris Paul that has, like, their guy, that's more so a personal decision. But as far as having team security, bodyguards, as you call them, they're, they're always there. Yeah. And that's, they're just smaller. Night. They're smaller than the players. That's what's throwing you off because they're, they're like – they're just little guys with suits on. <laughs> that bodyguard looked like a pulling guard. I, on, a, on a sweep to the outside in the National Football League when he came charging in. And then we find out that he's Kevin Durant's 
security detail or bodyguard, and it adds a whole other layer to it. But I, I, I think I look at what happened with the Bucks, and I give Brooklyn credit because what did we talk about all throughout the regular season when it came down to the postseason on what teams are going to have to do if they want to win, and that's just – it's simple enough play defense. It's why we gave the Lakers probably so much leeway despite how their regular season went and the injuries that they had to deal with because we thought that the Lakers were going to be the team that locks down on defense in the postseason. They're no longer in the postseason, but the Brooklyn Nets are, and Brooklyn has locked down on Milwaukee in three straight games. So I will tip my cap to Brooklyn, but the point about P.J. Tucker and what he did with Kevin Durant – Kevin Durant's always going to to get his points, but if you can do that on 11 of 28 shooting, that's a win for Milwaukee. If Joe Harris may not go one for 11 ever again in his entire career and one of seven from behind the arc, but that played a part in it last night. And I know everybody wants to rain on Milwaukee's parade and saying, man, you just barely win game three. What's going to happen when James Harden comes back? And what's going to happen when Kevin uh, Durant and Joe Harris start knocking down some shots? And I'll just say, I don't know if that is all a given. I don't know if James Harden seamlessly moves back into the lineup. I don't know if Joe Harris continues to uh, hit shots or not hit shots like he missed last night. I don't know if Kevin Durant's got another 11 of 28. I think he probably does. I think if P.J. Tucker continues to do what he does, that's going to help Milwaukee along the way. And Milwaukee didn't help their cause either. I mean, they were carried by Giannis and Chris Middleton, yet all we're talking about today is Giannis missing free throws and Giannis taking threes, which, by the way, this was Giannis after last night's win. Win. Win is a win. And uh, at the end of the day, as I said, last game, lose by four, lose by one, it's still the same thing. You know, it's still the last. And uh, today we, were, we didn't score a lot. Uh, it didn't look as pretty, but at the end of the day, uh, we got a win. And, um, you know, that's why we came and showed up tonight. I mean, Britton Forbes went 0 of 4. Like, there's there's enough for Milwaukee there to change as well that I think could do them well in game four. So I don't think it's the end-all, be-all that they only won by three in a hard-fought game that this season is over with. I think Milwaukee has a chance in game four, and, and you take this game, and I don't see any reason why something similar couldn't carry over into a game four or a game five as the series will now at When you're a star player is airballing free throws in the playoffs and getting 10-second counts – you're not winning this series, bud. Uh, they, they don't. They don't have a chance. I hate to say they I, like 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 they don't like Loki. Like Kyrie can go out hard and can switch back in and like tag team in. Like hey hey hey, hard is your turn. And they don't have a chance. I'm, thought- I'm sorry. It, it's just not going to work out because it, it's a. It, do you know how hard it is to score the basketball in the playoffs when you not only cannot shoot but you're struggling from the free throw line? Because where do you want to put Giannis on the free throw line? You know, last night Milwaukee shot 19% from three and 63% from the free throw line. And one of those free throws didn't even count. Didn't even count. I know. I I, I know. Like, I get all that. I actually thought that the 10-second thing last night may have been a another a blessing in disguise for him because when it happened in the Miami series, he seemed to get in more of a rhythm. And, you know, even, even Charles Barkley on Inside the NBA talked about this. It became more of an issue, and and I wonder if it just if it exited his mind because he thought the Miami series is over with, and Karan Butler wasn't on the bench doing the count, and the fans in Miami weren't doing the count. He thought, oh hey, I'm at home, you know, go back to the normal way of things. I actually think it could be a blessing in disguise for him. And and the crazy thing about it is, explain this he, one. 
he was great last night outside of launching threes. That's more of my issue with him. Is And he was questioned a couple of times about that on if it's the best decision. I'm more worried about him shooting one of eight. And I think that changes than him going four of nine from the free throw line. I like they like it's a wasted possession. You might as well cross home co- or half court and just throw the ball out of bounds if he's going to take a three, because it takes him so long to load up and shoot that there is no offense that ends up being started from it. It's him at the top of the key and getting ten feet because Claxton is just standing in the middle of the lane, basically daring him to to shoot the ball. Or Blake Griffin is doing the same thing, waiting for him to to drive. That's where I think the Bucks have to change it up. And he he can't take eight threes anymore. But you know what? Go four of nine. If he gets to the line fifteen times, I think I, I think in game four he, he ends up hitting ten or eleven, which helps them along the way. They, the Bucks were awful. You mentioned it. Six of thirty one from three point land last night. Giannis missed seven of them. But there are guys that are going to be hitting them. I mean, Brooke Lopez was one of five. He's at some point got to start to hit shots. I, I think that's going to happen for Milwaukee. So I just don't think it's I don't think it's do or die. I know it's an air ball, but <laughs> I think the 12 second, the 10 second thing. And then we found out it was 13 seconds. I think it's a blessing in disguise for for Giannis to get more of a rhythm at the free throw line. No, you got to be kidding me. I, I, listen, it's, 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 it's a culmination <laughs> of everything. It all ties into one air ball in front of the free throw line. 10 second counts. You know, you, you, uh, he hasn't airballed from three yet but he doesn't have the confidence i like i like that he inched in a little bit and shot some mid-range jumpers over blake griffin that was the right call but you know when you're going against a team where you don't have the margin of error when you're playing against Kyrie and kevin durant arguably the greatest score that we have ever ever seen play the game of basketball you don't have the margin of error to work out the kinks and say, hey, man, you know, shoot this story. We'll see where it – no, like, you've got to make every single point count. You literally have to. And we talked about the whistle. The Nets only shot eight free throws. That's not going to happen again, but it, it, I, I've just seen this dance before. I'm extremely concerned. I don't buy into a win is a win is a win because Milwaukee is – they are struggling, man, and just to manufacture points – it is too hard, and you're not going to get – you know, we saw down the stretch of the game that uh, Kevin Durant was heating up. I mean, P.J. Tucker played about as fine a defense as they could, and, you know, we got to question the mental toughness of the Nets in that scenario, and I, I believe they'll be better where they couldn't even get the ball to Kevin Durant. You know, hats off mm-hmm. to P.J. Tucker. We know the Fallon was there. It happens. It happens. It's part of playoff basketball. They couldn't even get him the ball. And nor to Kyrie Irving. And the question also was, I know Drew Holiday is arguably, you know, the the best or a top three defender at the point guard position, but he just eliminated Kyrie Irving. How much of an issue do you think that is? Let me let me let me look. What did Kyrie because yeah. he was ex- nine of twenty two. He was nine of twenty two last night from the floor and had twenty two points. Didn't even look like he wanted the ball at at certain times. That's an issue for me. Yeah, and, and this happened in one of their regular season meetings. They played at the end of the year. They played a back-to-back. They like played uh, because of the, the crazy NBA schedule. But there was in the first game of their uh, back-to-back games, Kyrie was shut down by Drew Holiday. And, I, and I'll say this. I think when you look at the Bucks box score and the two names that you mentioned, P.J. Tucker and Drew Holiday, you're saying, where's the production? 
Uh, Drew Holiday only had nine points, but arguably had the biggest bucket because he had the go-ahead layup that put Milwaukee up uh, by 84-83 with under 12 seconds to go. He only had nine points Mm -hmm. last night. P.J. Tucker had a goose egg. But would you say P.J. Tucker played a bad game if Kevin Durant went 11 of 28 from the floor? Like, I don't think – like, I think that the Bucs would trade that. And P.J. Tucker is bound to hit a corner three at least some point in game four. So I think you're going to get that. I think the Bucs are saying, listen, all right, we had our guys lock him up. Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker can keep Kevin Durant. It can keep Kyrie Irving just, you know, on their on their heels and making them feel uncomfortable. You can let Giannis and Chris Middleton maybe carry – carry that scoring load like they did last night, 68 of their 86, and then hope that Brooke Lopez hits some shots. Maybe Bryn Forbes doesn't go 0 for 4. I think Milwaukee's fine with that, and I think that's how the series is going to play out. A series, by the way, Ryan, that I think is going to go at least six games. Nah, I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't see. I know you're trying to keep the fans optimistic. You're trying to keep them in it. And, and you're right. You know, if you're holding the Brooklyn Nets to 83 points. That's, that's an excellent job. But we spoke about this yesterday. I, I will give, if I'm going to give a letter grade, I'm going to give the Bucks a B. Not a B plus, a B. I thought Giannis tried to play at the rim, even though he took some threes that we, we all agree he shouldn't take. But the element missing for me, as we spoke yesterday, and shout out to the mm-hmm. listeners who were hanging with us yesterday, Drew Holiday, you got to put the basketball in his hands. And he's got to get attempts at the rim. He's got to be in in pick-and-roll situations. I know Middleton's your guy, but let it be Middleton and Holiday and then feed Giannis in scenarios where he can be effective. You know, only getting 14 shots for Drew Holiday is enough. 14 shots, five assists. He's too good not to have the ball in his hands. I remember playing against a young Drew Holiday when he was in Philadelphia. I was in Boston. He dismantled this one game. I mean, he absolutely had a field day with us. And to me, he's a real X factor because, you know, where you're looking at P.J. Tucker, and I completely agree with you. Go, P.J. had zero, but he just frustrated as best he could Kevin Durant, right? I'm looking at Drew Holiday saying Drew has the ability. He's going to have to be the guy to score 25-plus points and take Kyrie Irving out of the basketball as he did. Kyrie Irving didn't even look like he wanted the basketball in those closing scenarios. Seconds. It was – it was – it was a crazy, crazy game, one where the Bucks led by 20 in the first quarter and then have Brooklyn uh, get within three at halftime. It was a great, great basketball game last night. Bucks survive and now make this a series. One thing to note that, that I think is, is important, at least when you look at what Milwaukee's done offensively because they just don't seem like they have, they have been the same team you know, they had a game with 29 assists in, against the Miami Heat. And obviously, when you score 86 points, you're not going to have tons of assists. But their ball movement was an issue last night. They just had 12 assists last night. They got to move the ball more. It can't just be so much ISO. That's something the Bucks are going to have to change around. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, are you traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Well, you should do yourself a favor and do what I do, which is stay at graduate hotels. You know, Bridgestone Arena and Target Center, their, their hotels are both really close to the tournament venues, and they're obsessed with college sports just like me. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and the local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school mascots, colors, whatever. Why would you stay anywhere else? You know, graduate hotels are the perfect spot the next time you go to see a game. There's over 30 hotels, coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. And odds are, wherever you're going, especially if you're taking a college trip with your kids, upcoming conference tournament, or just a big college game, you can check them all out at graduatehotels.com. And here's the ultimate win. My listeners can get 30% off with the promo code Doug. That's Doug. Good at any graduate hotel. Remember, you can book today, and here's how you do so. 30% off with the promo code Doug at graduatehotels.com. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Winter's coming. Here in L.A., that means more rain, but for others, a wintery combination of sleet, slush, snow, ice, whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive. All season tires, all weather tires, and dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com, use the Tire Decision Guide. You'll get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Hankook tires. 
Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for two years. Mobile tire installation is available in many areas. And I don't know if you've heard about this. They bring new tires to your home or work and install them on site. It's a game changer. Just go to TireRack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results and special offers. They've been doing this for over 40 years. Trust me, TireRack is the experts. That's TireRack.com sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Joining us, friend of the program, senior writer for Sports Illustrated, Pat Forty, joins us on this Friday to talk about the new, likely expanded college football playoff. Happy Friday, Pat. How are you? Hey, doing well, guys. How are y'all? Uh, doing do, good. Do, yeah, doing good. When we've always had these conversations of college football expansion, it was expanding from four, and we're like, okay, six or eight or 16. How did 12 end up falling into the equation, and how does it end up winning out over the other options that we've seemingly always been talking about? You know, I think it's maybe the path of least resistance um, satisfies the most constituents, so to speak. Uh, the problem with eight is that you would give you know six automatic bids, the five power conferences plus a group of five teams, and that would only leave two at-large bids. And the, the power conferences, basically the SEC, said that's not enough. We want you know that that limits our access as it is now with four at-large bids. We could get two or three of those if it's eight. I don't know. We take our chances. So they pushed for more. And I think that was well-received because it's just going to get more teams and more players involved. That, um, you know, they, they, they trotted out statistics that football, FBS football has the lowest postseason percentage participation rate of any sport. So how do they open it up? Well, play more games, have more teams. And I also think that the addition of campus sites uh, is going to be a big selling point for this as well for those first round games. Now, Pat, how does this affect the rest of college football? When I say the rest, there's certain big names. You know, uh, we, we, me and Dan went back and forth yesterday. Said, yeah, the Ohio States are going to be in it. Clemson's going to have a shot. The Alabamas, but you know, uh, uh, us on the little old West Coast over here, we're we're struggling to have some representation in the national championship. Do you feel like this opens things up? to kind of spread the wealth. We, we, we beg for parity in the NBA. Do, are we going to get this in college football? Yeah, I think it does. Um, you know, I mean, it may not spread the wealth as far as who wins the championship, but it spreads the wealth as far as who gets a shot at it. Uh, you know, the Pac-12, uh, that was one of Larry Scott's failings, is he should have been for years banging on the table saying expand the playoff because the, the Pac-12 needed expansion. And now you expand this far, and I'm, they're – almost assuredly going to get one and they'll have a good chance of getting two uh, bids in some seasons. So, you know, I think it helps for them and it definitely, it helps that, you know, that second tier of teams in a lot of leagues, uh, you know, in the big 10, you're, you're probably looking at bids for sure. Most years, maybe three, the sec, three, uh, you know, the, the, the big 12, et cetera. I just think there's more fan bases, Come November 1st, they're going to be saying, hey, we've got a chance to go to the playoff where, you know, in years past with the four-team deal, by November 1st, there's about six teams that still have a shot at it. 
Pat Forty joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Find him on Twitter at ByPat40. Now, I, I probably came off yesterday like a negative Nelly. I've been a college football <laughs> fan all my life. Change is difficult, and this is also difficult for me. But one of the things that, that I am, am concerned about is the – and, and we've had a good we've had a good turn towards scheduling tougher non-conference opponents. Now with the field bigger, do you think that will make schools shy away from having those marquee matchups that we have become more accustomed to in September? Yeah, I, I hope not. I mean, I, I understand the concern is you know you're you're telling people conference championship matters most, and so why try to do anything outside of that? And especially if you're if you're going to go. Uh, you know, eight and one in your conference. Why not try to win those other three games and be eleven and one? If you don't win your championship game, you're still going to have a chance to get in. But I also think that strength of schedule will continue to matter. You know, I think teams scheduled that way in recent years because they realized that was the way it was going, and I think that'll still be the case. Is if you want to get in, you're going to need some quality wins. So I'm hopeful that they're still going to schedule those games and play those games. Hey Pat, from a recruiting aspect. Does this help or hurt the rest of the teams? You know, being able to say, hey, we had a shot to play in the college playoff. And how was it prior? How big or little of a difference this is? I'm among the belief that this is huge just to be represented. I know on the basketball side, I covered college basketball, just to say from a smaller school that you're a tournament team, you know, you change the entire environment and recruiting-wise. How big is this for college football or little? No, it's big. I think it's absolutely big. Is yes to be able to just to say that we are a playoff program. Yeah, that, that's that's a, a really big deal. Uh, you know, yes, from a basketball standpoint, if you are, uh, I don't want to say Gonzaga because they're too big, but if you're St. Mary's College, and you say, look, we've been to the tournament for the last six years or whatever yes. the number may be. Well, <laughs> same thing in football. You, you say, hey, well, we may have been the 12th seed, but we were there the last two years. Come play for a playoff team. So. I think it's going to be a big selling point just for more schools to have that and to say that they were in the hunt and, you know, to be sending out your blasts to the guys you're recruiting saying, hey, watch us play Sunday. We're number 10 in the rankings. We're in the playoff right now. Keep an eye on us. You know, that sort of thing. Just to, I think it really does give you uh, a greater uh, uh, selling point with, uh, with recruits. Pat Forty joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Dan Byer. He's Ryan Holland sitting in for uh, Doug. Final one for you, Pat. It, it involves Notre Dame because they wouldn't be able to get one of those first-round buys because they aren't in a conference. Are, you, are they good with that? Do you think there could be more of a move towards the ACC? But how are the Fighting Irish now affected once this new model comes in? That part really interests me. Uh, I, I don't know for sure. I mean, because they, for, for Notre Dame to just kind of basically willingly give up a top four spot and say, ah, well, you know, that's, that's, that's an, an acceptable uh, thing for us. I, that tells me that it makes me wonder if Jack Torberg, the athletic director, who was the head of the committee that came up with this thing, uh, is might just be wondering if, if he's sending a message to his school saying, yeah, maybe we should stay in the ACC full time. You know that, that it was good for them last year for multiple reasons. He might be of a mind that ACC membership might not be that bad a thing because the one year they go twelve and zero and get a five seed, and they you know they don't uh, get get one of those buys. I think you might be hearing from Notre Dame about that. 
Yeah, it's it's the, that was the first thing that popped up when when we kind of heard all of the things playing out. And you're like, wait a sec, what about Notre Dame? And interesting to hear you say. So the ACC experiment last year, even in the COVID and everything, worked well for 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 the Fighting Irish and everything that that you understand. Well, yeah, I mean they they would have had a horrible time putting together a schedule. It would have been like BYU schedule as an independent with sure. nobody to play. You're just trying to find games here and there. It gave them games. It gave them good games. It maintained their NBC uh, deal. And it got them into it. They won the league championship regular yeah. season, you know. And so then you've got that, and you're playing in uh, an ACC championship game that about nine million people watched. So I, I think it was a very good thing for Notre Dame. I know yeah. why they like their independence, and I, I, I'm sure there are people involved with the university that want to keep it. But being in that ACC for a year was not bad for them. Yeah, got into a national semifinal as well. Pat, we appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Stay cool and. Uh, yeah, as this story develops, I'm sure we'll be knocking on your door. Appreciate it. Thanks, Pat. All right. Thanks, guys. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Double dose of NBA action on this Friday tonight. The scene switches from Philadelphia to Atlanta. Sixers and Hawks. Joel Embiid still could be a question mark for Philadelphia. I uh, don't know of his status in advance of Game 3. While the Suns go to Denver tonight, Phoenix up 2-0 in the best of seven series. Nuggets trying to get a Game 3 win to stay alive in this series. Uh, the other doubleheader that we had last night, really, Ryan, we talked about it yesterday. I felt it was the, the marquee matchups that we have wanted in these NBA playoffs. It's not meant to slight the Suns or Nuggets or the Hawks or Sixers. There just seems to be more storylines, more, I don't know, star power on when you have the Bucks and Nets and you have Kevin Durant against Giannis and then you have Kawhi Leonard uh, and Paul George trying to redeem themselves. Last night was some great hoops and Bucks and Nets were something else. And then Clippers and Jazz, again, living up to the billing, but Utah gets a 2-0 series win, and now we're saying, uh-oh, here we go, same old, same old Clippers. Do they have enough to get out of this 2-0 hole? I think they do. Uh, we, we touched on it a little earlier. The Jazz hit 23s, but what what is scary about this scenario, and I, I, I'm going to be upfront with you, this isn't they aren't the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks had a lot of holes, they're a very Luka-centric team. Uh, Dallas was the team that they beat the last year. The Jazz play hard. They're not going to beat themselves. Ultimately, we spoke about this. The Clippers have a more talented roster. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Morris Sr. The Clippers have a really, really good team that can switch pick and rolls. They can present problems for you on the offensive end of the floor once their one-on-one players can get going. But Utah is playing at a different gear right now. Now, are you among the many? And I looked at Utah, and I'm I'm feeling a little better about them. That you know would laugh and say it's a joke when you say they're contenders. There's a lot of people amongst the belief that the Utah Jazz are contenders and felt that way all year long. Well, here's what I think happens. I think people don't watch the Jazz. Because I think that people only will watch, and I'm not saying you. I, I'm just saying when. No, when, no, when that's, I don't watch them like that. It's yeah, true. With, with <laughs> we watch the Lakers, we watch the Clippers, we watch the the Brooklyn Nets, and I would say that's probably uh, and the Warriors, and and those are the four teams that people watch. I would even say that sometimes maybe maybe the Clippers get into that, but I would even put them to that point. 
But then you go to the next tier, and maybe you're watching Luca. Maybe you're watching the 76ers. Maybe you're maybe you're watching the Knicks. But I don't think that people are watching Utah. And I and I say this because this is the frustrating part about being a Bucks fan is. The Bucks team that that we've seen in the regular season the last two years, not this one, but the years before when they had the best record, they played really good basketball. And understanding that regular season and playoffs are different, but it's just so easy to say, ah, they, they don't have it. They don't have it when it comes to the playoffs when you don't know what they have in the first place. And what I think was so intriguing about watching this Utah team in these first two games of this series is that it just isn't the Donovan Mitchell show. Even though he's been magnificent, like Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year in the NBA, comes in and does his thing. Joe Ingles ends up having to be in the starting lineup because Mike Conley's dinged up. He plays his role. And then you got, you know, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. He's a good player. It kind of goes back to the, to, the, to the point of they have got really good players one through eight. And when we talked about big threes and do they work yesterday, Utah is a good example, and it's been working right now because their one through eight, I think, is maybe the best in, in the NBA. And they've got that one in Donovan Mitchell. But we don't pay attention to them, so we just say, oh, Utah's number one. They're another team that does well in the regular season. But when it comes down to it, it's going to be the Lakers and Clippers. And that's what I think Utah falls victim to. Well, here's the reality. Early in the year, Shaq went on and, and just told Donovan Mitchell straight to his face. I don't know if we respect that or not. I thought it was poor timing that he wasn't a superstar. Superstars close games. And Donovan has shown you sprinkles of it, but he's looking like the real deal right now. Now, I'm not all the way 100% sold, but I'm glad he continues to yeah. improve. And the biggest difference that I see that, that I like from the Jazz is they've got guys who can break you down individual in, individually and score. And they struggle to do that in the playoffs when they can't run their system and they've got to go one-on-one. Can they go one-on-one? They have much, much vastly improved in that aspect and scenario. So when I say run their system, you go, what the heck are you talking about, Ryan? When they run their system means I'm coming off a pick and roll. The the weak side big or or the strong side big has to guard the point guard and Rudy Gobert. And until the guard gets back in front, you know, you're going to have options of Rudy Gobert rolling, corner threes, or the guard taking a shot. Now, at some point in the playoffs, everything is switched, which means there is no roller. It's just one-on-one basketball. And you're looking at a Jazz team that has improved playing one-on-one basketball. And Donovan Mitchell, when needed, has been able to create his own shot. But most of us believe, like Shaq believed and said, Donovan, are you a superstar yet? Are you a guy that's going to do this at the highest level? And he's looking good so far. I- I'm not sold completely, yeah. but he's looking good, right? I actually, not looking back on it, for as, as awkward as it was, and for some of the flack, if you will, that Shaq got and how he asked the question, it actually may be, may be the turning point. It may have been, maybe... And, and I don't think that Shaq was going for that to be how co- uncomfortable it was. But I do think what he was going for is what is happening. And so I would actually give Shaq a victory lap on this if it turns out, yeah, it was awkward TV and it just didn't feel right. I think Shaq just probably didn't go about it the most opportune way. But I think it actually is going to work out. And I actually think that it – that it plays a, a, a role in it. And, and the, the most surprising thing about this is Utah's just playing the same sort of game that they played during the regular season. 
I mean, it helps when you have two guys hit six threes apiece like they did last night. But we're out so on Milwaukee and, and the problems that they have in carrying over what they do in the regular season to the to the postseason. Utah just keeps playing and doing what they do. And if I'm the other teams, that's what scares me. Now, I it's not as much about the Clippers and looking at them being down 2-0. If I think they win game three, do I think that they win game four? Probably, but I just don't know how you can fault Utah or just push them off and say, ah, just wait till the Clippers end up winning two games because they're doing what they did in the regular season, and that is proving to be the way that they're winning games in the playoffs. So I have to tip my cap to at least Utah for continuing to do that. Well, the regular season is one monster, and Utah is always going to be good under Quinn Snyder as long as he's there. you got a roller in Rudy Gobert who's going to share up the paint for you, and they hit threes. And they play hard. You know, they run their offense. There's no there's no break in a Quinn Snyder's team as far as the execution is concerned. But the one-on-one play has much improved. Another guy who's Shaq put a battery in their back. You can probably think this Utah run to Shaquille O'Neal's <laughs> challenges. He told Rudy Gobert he wasn't worth the money. He told Rudy Gobert, three-time defensive player of the year, that he wasn't worth the money. Yesterday, Tally's 20 rebounds, plus 14 on the night, 13 points. I don't know about you. That's worth the money. But Rudy Gobert goes on to be uh, the three, a three-time defensive player of the year. Are, are you kidding me? But when you hear a challenge like that, maybe it's what the Utah Jazz needed to hear, man. I actually I think it is, and and I think now when you're looking at nobody's going to question Donovan Mitchell being a star in the NBA, but he is there unquestioned number one, and the question is is how long does it take for Donovan Mitchell to get to superstar status, and that's where also I think Shaq was coming from in all of this. I don't think that Utah needs to win an NBA title. I do think they need to get to the NBA Finals. I think that elevates you if you're Donovan Mitchell. And if you were to look at their road, getting this series win over the Clippers, if they end up doing so, would be a pretty good feather in his cap in being that guy. But for as great as Donovan Mitchell has been since he missed game one of the of the Memphis series, when you are on that verge of being star to superstar, you have to at least get to the NBA Finals. I mean, look at what it did for Jimmy Butler last season and, and where it's elevated him and just how we look at the stars of, of the NBA. And I don't even know if Jimmy Butler is a superstar, but he seems to be near that that echelon of guys that we talk about a lot. If Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz get to an NBA Finals, I think that puts Donovan Mitchell in superstar status. It, it, well, if he gets to an NBA Finals, he'll flirt with it. Superstars, uh, well, it also depends, Dan, how you define superstar. You know, superstars are the guys, I, I, me and a lot of former players, we're very slim pickings on who we call super. It means you can get me a championship if you've got one. Damon Lillard, he hasn't gotten a championship, but we know with the right pieces around him, he'd get a championship. There's no doubt in anybody's mind at this point in his career that he is. Steph Curry's a superstar. Yep. Kevin Durant's a superstar. LeBron James, superstar. Kyrie Irving, part-time superstar. Jimmy Butler, part-time superstar. Dame. No disrespect to what who those Dame? guys are. Who? What about Damian Lillard? No, I said Lillard. I said Lillard. Oh, did you? Okay. It, but I. But the point with Lillard is we all have faith. Correct me if I'm wrong. Text me, tweet me, call in if I'm wrong, that if the right pieces were on Damian Lillard, he'd bring you a championship. So we say superstar in that scenario. So ultimately, it's slim pickings. 
who we call superstar. So Donovan Mitchell, if you're going to be superstar or part-time superstar, you know, part-time all-star, we got to see it in either NBA championship, you know, a, a good run. You spoke about Jimmy Butler, who had a a, a, a 30 point or what was a 40 point triple double in the NBA finals, even though, you know, they, they end up losing. But you got to see that type of performance. And he's had exciting performances, but he hasn't sealed the deal last year losing. It, it was exciting, but losing and getting walked down by the Nuggets. I, I think like you when you when you see it, you know it. And that's the toughest part about, like, we know that Durant is a superstar. We know Giannis is. We actually know Luka is. Do we know Giannis is? Oh, yeah. He's a two-time MVP. Yeah. But, did, yeah. I mean, so you're a regular season superstar? Like, superstars aren't made in the regular season. I'm sorry. You have all the regular season accomplishments that you can, and you get to the playoffs and you're airballing free throws. I, I don't think you just throw that around lightly. I mean, like, oh, I, I don't know. How do you define superstar? You know, I, I think we got a question, and everybody, oh, you're not calling him a superstar. No, we just have a tighter criteria for superstars as former players. When, when you see it, I think that's what I think you know. And that's why I put Luca and Dame, like, I think that they are superstars without the credentials. And I think that Donovan Mitchell. If, if he could get to the NBA Finals and, and being the number one of that team and doing it in that atmosphere, that rises him to the level. He's not as the immediate as a Luka or a Dame has been and hasn't been doing it as long as Damian Lillard has. But I do think of getting that level of being the leader of that team and just getting to an NBA Finals, which has been dominated by the Curry, Durants, and LeBrons of the world, to get to that stage I think would be enough where then we would consider Donovan Mitchell that player. That's that's how I just – I think that would end up elevating him to that spot if he could get there. I, I agree. When you have the team, you get out, you get out of the conference finals, you make it – uh, you, you make it in, and, and if you're losing, it better be to a group of superstars. <laughs> so if you're Donovan, you know, you, you can definitely make a huge push right here. You know, so I, you, you got no gripes from me, brother, with that one. But I, I, I'm not anointing him yet. And it's it's funny. It's it's not as a disrespect. And we both agree. It was just it was horrible timing from Shaquille, right? After a guy has an amazing game. Well, you're not a superstar. I mean, hey, thank you. Right? Yeah. yeah. It was just it was just awkward, but I think his message and what he wanted to do, you know, was there. I've got the perfect way. This is this is how it's going to wrap it up. I have I've only flown first class once or twice, uh, just because of like I don't know pure, if I buy that pure mix up because it's like oh guess what uh, we have an open seat or an extra seat you can fly. I would I would say that there would be what there's about four four rows two on each side in first class. Is that about right? So you would have 16 seats like that's how you determine superstars filling the first class cabin on an airplane. You take those 16 seats and you can put superstars. And once it's full, it's full. I think that that's maybe how you determine it. Is that fair enough? Or is uh, that too too broad? Is 16 too big of a number when it comes to superstars? Yeah, you're, you're too broad. You're too broad when you say that. Either you are or you aren't, you know, but it's very slim pickings because we're talking championships. We're not talking MVPs. We're talking finals MVPs. There's a difference, okay? <laughs> yeah. There's a difference. I'm just I'm going to, you know, we're, we're short on time. Let me quick do it. LeBron, Curry, that's two would be in there. Uh, Kawhi, you'd put superstar three. Durant, superstar four. Kyrie, 
superstar? No, no, part time. No, part time. No, what about Harden? Part time. Part time. Jeez, your 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 first class is like the 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 two yeah, rows and, across. And, I had Giannis on there. I had Luca on there. Maybe I'm more lenient. Anthony Davis. Yeah, yeah. You gotta make it to a finals, dude. You're 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 you got a friendly, but everyone defines a different. I have no problem at how you define it. You know, a special player for you as a superstar. Those guys are all special players that you named. I I think Donovan Mitchell's identity and brand and who he is would go up with a trip to the NBA. See, now you're you're just saying Brandon because you like him. We all like Donovan. That's not a question. He's a great guy, man. (laughs) He's a great guy. Okay, he is. But he, he, I mean, what thirty seven in last night's uh, what forty five in in the in the previous game, thirty to close out Memphis, thirty the game prior to that. Like, there's. You can't argue with those numbers, and that's like this is like this is maybe you know the bubble for as great as he and Jamal Murray were. Unfortunately, Jamal Murray not healthy. To see him continue this, I think tells us that Donovan Mitchell is is on that track. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer songwriter and composer John Batiste the all new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling to watch college hoops this winter? No, you got to stay at graduate hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball just like us. Each hotel has a unique look, inspired by the local team and its traditions. And as a sports fan, you'll really get graduate hotels and all the cool specific design details. Chapel Hill, Bloomington, East Lansing stores, they're all in hometowns of some of college basketball's most iconic programs. And the hotels bring you into that story with every visit. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels has over 30 hotels coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. So the odds are there's one out there where you're going, especially games and big conferences. Check out all the graduate locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off a stay with the code Doug. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. 
Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrified horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota let's go play places winter's coming here in la that means more rain but for others a wintery combination of sleet slush snow ice whatever winter means to you tire rack has the tires that will elevate your drive all season tires all weather tires and dedicated winter tires go to tire use the tire decision guide you'll get a personalized tire recommendation the right tires for how what and where you drive choose from a full line of kumo tires ship fast and free to you or one of over ten thousand recommended installers You'll get free road hazard protection for two years. Mobile tire installation is available in many areas. And I don't know if you've heard about this. They bring new tires to your home or work and install them on site. It's a game changer. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Kumo test results and special offers. They've been doing this for over 40 years. Trust me, TireRack is the experts. That's TireRack.com sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Well, a teammate of ours at Fox Sports Radio, you can hear him on the 3 and Out podcast, former NFL scout who joins us every week on the Doug Gottlieb Show, John Middlecoff here to talk some football. You you watching this tennis or golf? What's going on right now, Middlecoff? I actually have golf on in the background. Have a little have a little money spread out on the golf. Sure, fair enough. The warming up for Tory Pines. I'm I'm curious on your take on Russell Wilson yesterday. He says I never demanded a trade. That uh, some of this kind of got blown out of proportion, but he did show up for for the voluntary workouts, and they have a mandatory mini camp next week. It, is all good in Seattle now that that Russell Wilson is there and this is behind him, or do you think there will be lingering effects? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's—I I wouldn't say a bold-faced lie, but he's fudging the truth. I mean, his agent told went on record and listed teams, and I, I think we know Russell uh, is very, very image-conscious. I mean, I, I would say the number one guy in the NFL 
who is just uh, obsessed with how he's viewed in the public. So I, I get where he's coming from, but his frustrations, and I thought they were, you know, they were first, you know, kind of class problems. He, he's lived a charmed NFL life. You know, I mean, he's been on by far probably a top two or three team in the league for a decade. When he got to the league, they were really equipped. And I get the last couple of years they were flawed, but the, the front office had done everything humanly possible. Maybe he just realized, like, you know, I'm not gonna, they're not going to trade me, and I have it pretty well, right? I mean, I got two stud receivers. They re-signed my running back. They made aggressive moves. Uh, they've always made aggressive moves for him. They just haven't always worked. But you get credit for attempting to, you know, Percy Harvin, Jimmy Graham, look at Jamal Adams. That, that is trying to help the team. I mean, they've invested a lot of picks in making those trades. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I expect him to, like he always is, just show up and, and play well and be one of the best players in the league. Hey, John, one of the things I love about your work is you're not a tap dancer. You, you like to make statements. You put, you put them out there. You're not soft-shoeing anything. And I got I to gotta, I gotta throw one to your brother. Let me know right now. Is Julio Jones still a thousand yard receiver next year? Yeah, I mean, I you saw the video that went kind of viral yesterday of him just doing the footwork. I mean, he's an he's an all time freak show. I mean, he's an all time just great player. Uh, the the only question you if he's on the field, I would say for twelve games, one hundred percent. Just old guys in the NFL, you know, it just it can be hit or miss at position. You know, position players, obviously quarterbacks play longer, but, you know, a hamstring. I remember Carson Palmer told me this a couple years ago. When you get injured in, like, your 20s, and, and you know this, Ryan, I mean, I just think you don't even need to be a pro athlete. When you're young, you just recover faster. Once, to me, you get over that 30-year mark, you know, 31, 32, 33, you just don't recover fast, right? Whether it's from drinking, whether it's from walking around, whether it's you're a pro athlete and you're like Julio Jones getting tackled. Now, the one thing that he's got going for him with the Titans that he did not have with the Falcons is they are a balanced offense. I mean, their running back is their best player, right? I mean, he's, I think he has like almost 4,000 yards the last two years. They're, they're going to ride Derrick Henry. And A.J. Brown, you know, is also, like Julio, just a massive big target. So I, I think that they can, in a weird way, ease Julio in. Like, they don't need Julio to be a 110-catch guy. I, if he can stay healthy – I, yeah, I mean, I, I think he could have, you know, 85 catches, 100, you know, 12, 1,300 yards. Have a big season for sure. He's John Middlecoff, former NFL scout, host of the 3 and Out podcast uh, on the Herd Radio, on the Herd Podcast Network here on Fox Sports Radio. Get John on Twitter at John Middlecoff. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this from a from a scout's point of view, but is there anything that, that Jordan Love w- would do or wouldn't be able to do if you were the Packers watching him that would make you maybe want to change your stance w- with Aaron Rodgers or trying to, um, I, I, I don't know, warm up to Rodgers? Like, is there anything that Love can do in the minicamp that would maybe make Green Bay say, you know what, maybe we need maybe we need Aaron here? Uh, you, so you're saying like he's not looking good? Makes yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. Or is it just still not enough that we would get to really learn about Jordan Love in this scenario? Yeah, I, I just think Rodgers is so good, and he is just such an unknown that y- you, your thinking wouldn't really change. I actually think mm-hmm. it would might go the other way. Okay. That if he was just so dynamic, because the one thing Jordan Love really hung his hat on was physically he was really gifted. 
He was big, he could run, and he had a big arm. A little bit like a poor man's version of what Josh Allen was coming out. So he was just this raw product that, you know, if, if you hit on him, he could become a really good player. So if you're watching him at practice and he's accurate, he knows the offense like the back of his hand now a year in, you know, the, the wide receivers finally showed up this week. If he has good rapport with that group, I guess Devontae was just hanging out on the, on the sideline, but he was there. But the other guys were playing. Then maybe you go, well, you know, actually maybe we could compete with this player, right? And maybe you go, okay, Aaron, well, we will trade you for four first-round picks and two second-round picks, which to me is still very unlikely. But, you know, reports were that he was good. Now, football is way different than the other sports because even when you practice in the offseason, it's not even the actual sport, right? You're not wearing pads. Mm-hmm. The, the, the offensive and defensive line, especially now with the, the NFLPA really pushing back, and I, I've agreed with them on the on the physicality of the lines. It's just stupid. It's it's not fair to the defensive and offensive linemen to have to go full go without pads. Just, those guys are just too valuable to your team. So it's it's hard to get a beat on how he would be in pressure. You obviously can't tell when he gets sacked. Uh, there's just so much unknown, and Aaron's that great where it, it'd be hard to pivot because. Let's say you did capitulate. You're like, okay, Aaron, we'll trade you. We'll go with Jordan Love. If Jordan Love were to be not good, and let's face it, in like the history of quarterbacks, he more than likely wouldn't be. He he's more likely to be like average to below than really good. It would ruin their careers. You know, the GM and the head coach. So I, I, I my take was this. You know, I'm a big mob movie guy, and they do sit downs. Now, obviously, in the mob, sit-downs can get a little out of control, but <laughs> I, I, I would have to get a sit-down if I was Gudikins and LaFleur this summer with Aaron. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll meet him in Malibu, meet him wherever he wants to meet, and even if he keeps saying no, I, I might just show up because he, we're all human beings, and you know, this, there's a lot of emotion on the line. Y- you have to get a face-to-face in this situation and, and just try to talk through some of your differences, maybe see what you can do to help him out, to make him feel better. If that, if that means guaranteeing more money, whatever it takes. But last season, I, I honestly thought that's the best season he's ever had. He, he was in full control. Now, you could argue, you know, no fans. It was, it was easier for him than normal, right? On the, I remember on the road, he got the Saints to jump off sides in New Orleans, which is on, that would never happen <laughs> in a normal game. But, like, Aaron was clearly focused, lasered in, embraced the offense, which is very quarterback-friendly, the Shanahan offense and eviscerated the NFL. And this team, basically they're rolling it back. I mean, they have a pretty good shot to win a Super Bowl. And Aaron's no dummy. He gets that. But, you know, I, I would have to sit down and try to talk out our differences. John, excellent stuff there. You, we see you let us know how to move forward. But let's rewind a little bit. I, I really want to get inside the mind of an NFL GM and, and, and just tell me how the heck do you think – that it's a good idea to draft Jordan Love when you have Aaron Reich. What in the world did they think was going to happen? How does this even happen? It was a calculated risk. In fairness to the GM, Rodgers has had a couple years. Now, I know they made the NFC Championship that year, but he didn't look right. He looked like he was trending the wrong way. And in the history of the, of the sport, you know, at his age, 35, 36, is kind of when they turn. Now we're in this age where you can play till you're 40, 45, who knows? And Tom Brady may never stop. <clears throat> they, they made a calculated risk, and it blew up in their face. Because, Rod, like I said, I think Rodgers, that was the best season he's ever had. I mean, it was, he eviscerated everyone. 
So, you know, when you make – and the, the crappy part is, you know, in football, you, you could have the best defensive line in the league and draft the defensive lineman and no one cares, right? Or wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You have three sweet wide receivers, draft a wide receiver. Everyone's like, oh, these GM, this GM's great. But you do it at quarterback, it's, it's very sensitive when the guy's good. And, uh, yeah, it just – it was a risky pick. And if Rodgers would have fallen off a cliff, he would have looked like a genius. But instead, he dominated, and then he's come out and says he hates everybody, and now they look like idiots. So uh, they rolled the dice on that one, and it did not come up in their favor. He's a former NFL scout, now the host of the 3 and Out podcast on the Herd Podcast Network, John Middlecoff. John, appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, fellas. See you later. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. It's put up or shut up time for one NFL quarterback. We dive into that here on Fox Sports Radio. Get Ryan on Twitter at the Ryan Hollins. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll talk with Craig Kashan, the he covers the Milwaukee Bucks for Valley Sports and get a look at to what's ahead for game four in a series that became a series last night with the Bucks victory in game three. And of course, two game threes tonight. First in Atlanta, Sixers and Hawks series tied up at one apiece. And then the nightcap in Denver where the Nuggets try to get back into their series down 2-0 to the Phoenix Suns. But we start with the National Football League here and Russell Wilson. At the time we were doing the show and probably wrapping up our show yesterday, Russell Wilson spoke publicly with the media for the first time since his uh, offseason of intrigue occurred right after Super Bowl 55 when he voiced his displeasure to Dan Patrick and also told reporters that maybe he was looking for more protection from his offensive line. Russell Wilson addressing the offseason comments publicly for the first time yesterday. There was a lot of confusion uh, because the reality is is that I forget, I think I was in the Bahamas or somewhere and everybody was saying that I requested a trade and that wasn't true so we made it clear that I did not request a trade and then there was teams being flown around that I was going to go to those teams, this and that. And so, you know, I think that, you know, when you look back at it, you know, it's it's part of, uh, I don't know, it's, again, it's part of it, um, unfortunately. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, more than anything else, you know, that I got my wish, you know, in the sense that I've always wanted to play here. That's that's where I am. I, that's where I am right now. And uh, that's, that's that's what I've always hoped for ever since 2012 when I put all the names in a hat and pulled out the Se- uh, Seahawks out of a hat, you know, and then uh, sure enough, about, I don't know, 30 days later, the Seattle Seahawks picked me. So, you know, that's that's my mission. That's my goal. And that's that's why I'm here today and ready to roll. OK, I have no idea what the heck he was talking about at the end, because he just tries to distract you from the main point. I get he wants to be in Seattle. I actually don't think that he requested a trade either. But when you start to put out these are the teams that are going to that I'm that I would be willing to go to does make you think that maybe you thought about what life could be like outside of Seattle. And it's it's those comments, Ryan Hollins, that I think I think the quarterback that is the most pressure on him in the NFL this upcoming season is Baker Mayfield, just because I think of how close the Browns are and what that that legacy in that franchise means and how important this season is. But I would put Russell Wilson in a close second in that one, and even more so than Aaron Rodgers, because to me it sounded like Russell Wilson 
just tried to get his way this offseason. Didn't want out like Aaron Rodgers did. He just wanted his way. And if you don't play well, and if you don't live up to your billing, then your demands of wanting to get your way are going to look foolish. Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. That's fine. He's towards the end of his career. But I think there's a lot now on the shoulders of Russell Wilson to carry, considering how much he was seemingly asking for this offseason, whether it be upgrades in the offensive line, input on the coordinator, which he did have. He asked a lot. Now it's kind of a case of put up or shut up in my mind. I I, I agree. Uh, I agree that he didn't want to leave Seattle. I think Aaron Rodgers has been done with the coaching situation. He's been done with the front office. And when they expressed to him that they didn't believe in him, Aaron Rodgers just, the common sense just said, get out of here, man. You know, put up a, a year in good faith. It's time to go. But Russell Wilson didn't want to go. The one thing I love about Russell Wilson, you got he's so likable that you got to credit, you know, within kind of the him wanting to get more and having to strike some fear into the front office, he just throws in so many positive comments in the between it. <laughs> hey, man, I'm ready to go. Let's get back out there. There's so much positivity. You can't be mad at Russell Wilson. But can you blame the guy? He's got to be the quarterback, the running back. When they don't want to invest into the offensive line, he just runs for his life. He just runs. The only other quarterback who I can think in mind of dead pick me up, Gavin pick me up, is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson who just ran for his life. The ball got snapped and he's sprinting. Yeah, Ky- Kyler Murray, I, th- I would say, would be the other one. So, Dan, I'm not mad at either of these quarterbacks for feeling the way they felt, but Russell Wilson's smart enough to get ahead of it and say, oh, before you guys boo me, before you get mad, before the Seattle faithful want to not like the last member, I was going to say living member, that'd be completely wrong, the last member <laughs> of the Legion of Boom, he has to do some damage control now because he's going to show back up. Thank goodness he didn't, uh, first of all, say that. I think, though, that like Russell Wilson's comments are like looking for dinosaur fossils. Like you, oh. like everything looks great. You don't really see anything there, but you got to dig and you got to dust off. And then you kind of find out really where he's coming from. Like, you're right. Like he, we're, we're talking about him putting out teams and saying that this is where he would go if the Seahawks were trading him. And, and by the way, he's right. That's not him asking for a trade, but that is saying if you guys are looking for a trade, these are the only places that, that I would be willing to go. Now, you could also say, well, if you put out four teams, so the Seahawks are one, so that's five, that would mean there are 27 teams that I don't want to go to or that I wouldn't be willing to go to and I'd rather be in Seattle. You can spin it like that. The point that I want to make, though, is the whole thing of – Remember when I was drafted and I drew out of a hat and it was the Seahawks and it was great. And uh, then all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm a Seahawk and I've always wanted to. That's the like that's all that's all mumble jumble, you know, happy, you know, things are great. And John Middlecoff hit it on the head. There isn't a quarterback that cares more about his image than Russell Wilson does in the NFL. And that's all this is. But the fact of the matter is this. Everybody wants what Tom Brady wants. 
Everybody wants the power. They want the say when they're a quarterback. They want to have control of their organization. But first of all, nobody has the accomplishments that Tom Brady has. And second of all, it wasn't like Tom Brady got everything that he wanted in Tampa Bay. He wanted him to sign Antonio Brown right away. Buccaneers are like, uh-uh, it's not going to happen. In the end, yeah, they bring him in. Tom ends up being happy. Buccaneers have a great defense. He helps them lead to a Super Bowl, and they win, and everything's great. Hey, but that's his hey, seventh Super hey, Bowl. Dad, Russell he, Wilson's only won one, and he wasn't even really a part of winning that Super Bowl. But, Dan, uh, the fact that he signed Antonio Brown at all was like that was a thing. <laughs> like that was a statement because his head coach came out. It said, we are not interested in Antonio Brown. Hey, Antonio, welcome. We're running 46 zipper fly for you. (laughs) Hey, at least they showed restraint at least early. They didn't cave into everything. I mean, at least they said, "Uh oh, we aren't going to do that at first. And then... And then maybe they acquiesced and said, all right, let's do this. But even if even if they did give in right away or maybe they didn't wait enough time, it's still it's Tom Brady and everything that that he has accomplished. Dude. And it's not to diminish what Russell Wilson has done in Seattle. It's just there comes a point where you have to realize that you're not Tom Brady and you can't get everything that you want. And so to make it all about him and his success and that that's the you know that's the tough part they didn't it doesn't seem like there's going to be an issue between he and his offensive line when it sounded when he when he seemingly threw them under the bus by saying i'm tired of getting hit that's an indictment on your offensive line it doesn't seem to be an issue it didn't seem to be an issue in minicamp this week and and when they have their mandatory minicamp next week i don't think it'll be an issue but he did go there, and, and, he, and he went there in a season where he wasn't great in the second half of the year, and it was the second straight season that he did so. So now he's complained about all this stuff. He had a say in the offensive coordinator. Uh, they were in on Julio Jones. They didn't get Julio Jones, but they, they did have conversations. They've upgraded their offensive line or at least added a piece with Gabe Jackson. They've done a lot for Russell Wilson. So now it's up to him to put up or shut up. Like if Aaron Rodgers goes to Green Bay and has a bad season, I think we'll be like, well, maybe the MVP season was a flash in the pan. Too bad, Green Bay. You should have traded him earlier. But if Russell Wilson doesn't have a good season with the Seahawks, hey Danny, you're sitting there saying, why did you ask for all of this stuff when you can't have that MVP caliber season the entire now 17 games? Hey, Danny. Yeah. How many Super Bowls does Russell Wilson have? One. How many Super Bowls does Aaron Rodgers have? One. (laughs) (laughs) So why? I know you're saying... Aaron Rodgers was kind of forced to. He played good last year. Russell Wilson was up in the air. Why? You're very strong in saying that Russell Wilson, I feel like, are you saying career-wise, he's not the player that Rodgers is, that he's got to put up more? You're very strong in saying this. Well, Russell Wilson doesn't have the career that Aaron Rodgers has. They have the Super Bowl titles, but Aaron Rodgers played more of a role in in, in Green Bay's Super Bowl win than Russell did in Seattle's Super Bowl win. He did. It, the, Russ, Russ didn't throw a touchdown pass until the fourth quarter in that blowout of the Broncos. Well, when if, the game was already hold over. Hold on, hold on. If Pete Carroll didn't <laughs> – listen, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. If Pete Carroll didn't <laughs> take the ball out of arguably the most physical running back that the NFL has ever seen on the gosh darn one-yard line, there would be mm-hmm. two rings. Sure. Who threw the interception? Yeah, I mean, anyone would have thrown that interception. Listen, uh, it it, it wasn't complete. Russ threw the ball high on the pass. We could break down that pass and and talk all about it. The point being, though, is as you look at it as a whole, 
of what Russell Wilson's accomplished statistically. You know, he's had some good seasons, but Aaron Rodgers, his career outdistances him. But also you have to realize that Aaron Rodgers is going to be 38 in December. Look, there, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility if Aaron Rodgers does play for the Packers and doesn't have a great year that you know, the, the sunset of his career is coming up in the next two or three years. And that's not the case for Russell Wilson, who's power playing in the prime of his career. Yeah, well, wait. And, and, and you just had, and and that's all. That's all that I'm saying is like you need this. There are no excuses for Russ this year to not perform at his level. And if he wants to blame it on the team and say that he didn't get the offense that he wanted, really, he had a you know he had a say in the offensive coordinator. There's a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson this season. Hold on, Dan Byer with an E. Who had the better team last year? Was it Aaron Rodgers or was it Russell Wilson? Who had the better team? Aaron Rodgers. By, by how much would you say? By, by how much? They, they, they had a better left tackle when he was healthy. <laughs> and a better running game. And But, you know, it's not as far off as you would think. Seattle was 12-4 and four last year. They won the division. They were competing with Green Bay for that home field advantage. See, Okay. Okay. So, hold on. Hold on, though. Hold on. Hold on. See, here's what stinks. Here's what stinks. And here's the message. And correct me anytime you want to jump in. Anytime. Because Russell Wilson is extremely athletic, he can run, he makes something out of nothing. That's kind of his deal, right? They felt like they didn't need to give him an offensive line, a proper run game, just kind of go make it happen with DK. At least they drafted a wide receiver. Let's give kudos to Seattle. They gave him a wide receiver. They don't know a line, but he got a wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers, there's an understanding. He was very well protected. Am I wrong? Aaron Rodgers had a very good offensive line in front of him. Seattle's used to be the worst in the league. It would now be average, maybe slightly below average. But Green Bay, when they had Corey Lindsey and you had David Bakhtiari, those are two all-pro, not Pro Bowl, all-pro caliber linemen. So, yes. Yeah, Russ is expected to do more with his legs. There was a time where they just said, run for your life. Like, like we're, we're, we're not investing. We feel that you're mobile enough. We're not going to invest as much. But those are also days in the past. There's just a lot of – when you ask what you asked for, if you're Russell Wilson, there, there is going to be an expectation then for you to perform because he did receive some of those things. As you mentioned, they did – they needed a wide receiver. They lost David Moore to, uh, to free agency, so he's no longer – they needed a, a third wide receiver next to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and they ended up uh, uh, drafting uh, Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan. So they got – so they've got a guy. They've, they've added another guy there, but – You've also added Gabe Jackson when you wanted offensive line help. They re-signed Chris Carson. They've made a lot of moves to appease Russell Wilson, and now it's time for Russell Wilson to put up. Or, you know it, he may need to shut up when it comes to wanting things in Seattle. How about that? That was big. That was big. I didn't want to tell, honestly, I didn't want to tell Russell Wilson to shut up. I didn't want to say it, but it just worked too well in that sort of put up or shut up scenario. You are he, attacking arguably the one of the nicest guys in the entire National Football League. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm putting the spotlight on him. He wants the spotlight. He loves the spotlight. Now is the time to produce. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DUG. That's DUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 